Welcome to the Meeting of the Madres podcast. We're so glad you joined us. As moms, we know you need time for yourself every day because we're all more than moms. Isn't that right, Danielle? That's right, Elke. Let's take a second to grab our favorite drinks, take a seat, and spend some time with the girls. This time today is all about you. Hello, ladies, and thank you for being here, uh, joining us again for another episode of the Meeting of the Madres podcast. We are happy again to have our sis Elke with us. Hey, guys, it's good to be here. So excited. Yes, so am I. We are super excited today because we have with us Dr. Vivian B., who is a breast surgical oncologist, and she is going to talk to us about breast cancer, taking care of ourselves, and also the disparities in our community when it comes to breast cancer and breast health. So Dr. B., thank you for being here. Thank you, Danielle and Elka, for inviting me. It is my um, honor to sit here and talk to you and the women um, in your group about breast health. Absolutely. We are honored to have you here and get your expertise in this area um, because, you know, it's something that is important to all of us and should be important. So, you know, We have lots of questions for you. Hopefully, uh, (laughs) I think you're you're up to the challenge. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, well, um, we know that this is, you know, your area that you have studied. Can you give us a little bit of background on, you know, where you went to school and what your, your track has kind of been? Absolutely. So um, I am a breast surgical oncologist um, at New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital in Brooklyn, New York. And actually, you know, I always start by talking about my uh, background where I grew up, born and raised in Washington, D.C., the middle of seven children. Um, mm. My parents always encouraged us to follow our dreams and our purpose. And for me, it was medicine. I just for some reason sort of was attracted to being a doctor. And um, and then as I made my way to medical school, I attended Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia, whose mission is to serve the underserved. And that was important for me because I understood the breast, um, not the breast disparities, actually health disparities, because um, I, wasn't, I wasn't so into um, you know, understanding the specifics of disparities, but I knew that disparities existed within our communities and that we had to do something about it. And one way was to increase the the number of black and brown um, physicians in our community. Because if you see someone who Mm. looks like you, you know, we are uh, more inclined to trust and and listen and sort of follow. And that, of course, speaks to um, the historical context of what we've gone through as a people through in, uh, in this country. But I was in more at Morehouse School of Medicine, which was wonderful. I had great mentors who really sort of encouraged me and, and set me on the path of addressing um, health disparities within our community. Now, I was interested at that time in women's health. 
and was trying to decide between um, OB-GYN versus uh, surgery. And I loved operating. I love surgery. And, okay. and then realized, okay, wait a second. There is, um, you know, there's breast cancer. And within our community, there is a disparity, which I will talk about in a little bit. So I committed at that time in medical school to become a breast uh, surgical oncologist and specifically so that I could be a woman of color in our community who took care of um, a breast cancer. And uh, then I continued on to <clears throat> residency um, at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston, South Carolina, and, um, and <clears throat> fellowship at the prestigious uh, University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. Um, and, and my sort of pathway has brought me to um, really fulfill and walk in my purpose, which again is to address disparities within um, within our community. So I can talk a little bit about breast disparities because I think it's important for, um, for the audience to know that it exists, unfortunately. Yeah. When you talk about um, breast cancer, and we look at the numbers, the epidemiology, we say epidemiology, so the numbers within our country, while black women are slightly less likely to be diagnosed with the breast cancer uh, diagnosis, we're unfortunately 40% more likely to die from the disease. So I'm gonna repeat that again. Although we are less likely to be diagnosed, we are 40% more likely to be, um, to die from the disease. And mm. it, it's not, you know, one reason or cause, and it's not necessarily something that we have done as a people. It's multifactorial. Yeah. And so what I, yeah. So so what I have done is really focused on those many factors and tried to sort of break them down and um, and and research them and 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 then figure out what we can do. Uh, you know, what is in our power to sort of fix. And we can talk about some of the modifiable risk factors um, to prevent breast cancer. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's. I have a question um, in, in that number. Mm -hmm. In that number are Hispanic women included? Is it, is it just uh, um, black American? Is it also uh, Afro uh, Latin American in there? I mean, I'm, I'm just curious. Great question. So um, black, black women, so the 40% is are black women, but there's also a disparity for uh, Hispanic women, uh, Latino women, you know, it's, it, there's a disparity, unfortunately, that exists as well. Interestingly enough, the disparity is not as um, profound. So again, that speaks to the, the many factors. Um, yeah. For both, for, for black and brown communities, I will tell you that one of the um, sort of factors that I have tackled um, is access to care. And, um, and so with access to care, what does that mean? That means, are we getting our mammograms? And if so, why, why not, right? In every community, we have our own barriers. Um, some of the barriers are very sort of the same and similar, and some are, are different. But, um, but getting screening mammograms certainly um, contributes. And why is that? Because, you know, we often talk about doing breast exams. You all should do breast exams. And I can talk about some of the signs and symptoms 
a little later, but we talk about breast exams, but the, the unfortunate thing is if you're feeling something on a breast exam, then nine times out of 10, and it, and it com- turns out to be cancer, nine times out of 10, if we had gotten a screening mammogram, we could have caught it before it, it was even, you had the ability to feel it. So we have to really, for our mm-hmm. communities, tackle um, the point of access and getting screening mammograms early and on time. Yeah, so how are you personally, you know, tackling that issue? Because it's huge, it's a, it's a problem, it's been a problem for years in our communities. And, you know, um, there's much work to be done in that area. So I commend you and other doctors Thanks. like you who see that issue and want to do something about it um, and not kind of run away from that problem and go to something right. easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So how, how are you um, tackling that? So there that? are um, a number of ways to sort of speak to what um, Elka uh, alluded to within our communities. You know, we have, um, again, different barriers. And one way that I have sort of addressed those barriers is to understand what they are um, and understand, and, and one of, and sort of in doing that, understand that there are different myths that we all have heard within our communities that unfortunately sort of takes us down a path of mistrust or, and I shouldn't even say mistrust because mistrust is definitely founded, but not seeking the care that we need. Like for example, a myth, if you um, have cert, if you're diagnosed with breast cancer, then you definitely are gonna have your, all your, both your breasts removed, right? That brings a sense of fear. That's not true. That's not always true, right? There are, um, there's minimal breast surgery that I as a surgeon can do for the vast majority of women. But unfortunately that myth keeps women from going down the path of discovering the cancer, right? Mm. And then it becomes more advanced. And then maybe, yeah, that, that's the only option. Another myth is um, if I have surgery and you open me up, then the cancer is gonna spread, you know, other places. Mm. And that's also, you know, a myth um, in, in some of our communities. I mean, I can go down some of the other myths, but the, the thing is understanding what those are and uh, tackling them and addressing them head on, you know? And as a woman of color, I can go into our communities, which I do, and I say, okay, tell me what you've heard, you know? And let yeah. me answer those questions, you know? Let me, let me, let me put your mind to rest. Um, so the first thing is addressing this. The second is I truly believe in education, right? So that's why I'm on this podcast is to, to educate um, women about what, you know, what, what age do you um, start screening mammography? Uh, unfortunately, there are different um, guidelines in your primary care. Your gynecologist may say start at a certain age, but as a breast specialist, I will tell you all black and brown women, um, who don't have a family history, because that's another situation, should start at the age of 40 and should continue yearly. If you hear an age that's later, remember in your mind, when I just said earlier, there's a disparity. So if there's a disparity, why should you start at 45 or 50? Right. Right? Um, And unfortunately, (laughs) some of the providers or physicians are not thinking about the disparity when they go with certain guidelines so I follow the more strict guidelines, which is 40 and annually. 
Now, if you have a family history, then that's when you really need to go see a breast specialist um, like myself so that we can look at it and say, maybe you need to start screening sooner. And maybe we need to incorporate other uh, screening modalities to look at your breast um, uh, you know, more clear or, or differently. And so education, education uh, in the community is key. Mm -hmm. And then as far as yeah. access, one of the things that I've been able to do is, I mean, I can talk about this for days, <laughs> because you have to separate, you know, there was a, there was a disparity before COVID, you know, and, right. Right? Right. and let's call a spade a spade. You know, we, we unfortunately, um, you know, COVID hit our community um, and ravaged our community, you know, and, and mm -hmm. unfortunately, now people are seeing what we have said with a lot of physicians of color, color have said for decades that there is a health disparity that exists. And so now people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I see it now, you know. Right. But what we're concerned about is we had issues before COVID. Now what are those issues going to be like in COVID? Right. 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 So I'm hosting actually focus groups, um, in different communities to better understand what those barriers are. Because again, as a clinician, I can't just assume that they're gonna be the same. And then mm -hmm. based on those and what we've heard from women in the community, we go and we tackle that um, barrier. One other thing that we've done is increased um, at my hospital uh, screening mammography hours so that we extend it into the evenings so that if you have to go to work right now, you can't miss work because COVID you know, may have messed up everything. Right, right, <laughs> right. You gotta you can't get away from work. You can't get away from work. So, um, you know, so now we're we're extending hours to 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 improve that access. So that's what clinicians need to do. And as I would um, encourage the women of media the Madres to sort of consider is, you know, ask your clinician, ask your physician, ask your provider um, where you can get screened and 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 um, you know, and, and what, what that access looks like. And then share that with your family members. If you found, you know, a facility that um, treats you well and does mm -hmm. a good job and maybe um, fits in your schedule, share that with your community. Very good advice. We, we don't share good information enough. Right. You know, That's we're, right. we're, bad news travels fast, as they say, true. and it's true, but we need to make good news travel just as fast. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Definitely. And now we have the information that we can share, you know, and this is accurate and, 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 and recent and, and, you know, so again, you know, uh, gosh, I appreciate you being here with us. <laughs> yeah, you, really. You don't know <laughs> how much. Yeah. You, you, you've enlightened me. I know, uh, I'm sure Danielle is probably saying the same thing. Oh yeah. Uh, opened my eyes and, and I'm going to definitely be paying attention to a lot. Um, but what can you suggest to us to, to, to raise awareness or for us to make a change or how can we affect uh, in a good way and, and, and contribute to making a, a difference? Yes, that is a great, um, great question. And I always encourage um, women, black and brown women, because we are the foundation of our families, period, right? To right to, you know, you know, 40 is the age, 
um, because we talked about it. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about signs and symptoms so you know what to look out for. And if you have those two sort of tools in mind, now go and be a um, voice within your community. One in eight women in the United States will get breast cancer, right? So if you can find eight women, maybe it's your mother, your auntie, your sister, your sorority sister, shout out to my sorority, my sorority, Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated, by the way. So <laughs> your sorority sister, your college you know, roommate, um, your sister friend, whoever it is, encourage them and hold them accountable to get their mammograms. Uh, and if you're not 40 yet, you still can do that. Talk to grandma, talk to your auntie, you know, and make sure that they've gotten their mammograms and check off eight people. And then you encourage those eight people to encourage eight people to, to do so. And now more than ever, you know, it is so important for our voices to be heard. Ladies, remember, we are the foundation. We have to be here for our families. We can no longer you know, die from a disease that we can, we have some control over. We can't do it. We have children right. and families who need us and, and it affects generations, right? When we're gone. So, and that's not to scare you, but to encourage you that um, as we uplift our communities and our families, you know, taking care of ourselves is of utmost importance. Absolutely. We don't do that enough. <laughs> we had a whole episode about that, <laughs> you know, because we are horrible at that. Um, I'm still learning. Absolutely. <laughs> we all are. To, to, uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, what are some of the barriers? I know you're doing work around, um, you know, getting more awareness around this issue, but what are some of the barriers that you're seeing um, in our community as far as, I know you talked about myths Mm -hmm. and that's that's one big barrier right there. Mm -hmm. If we can just get over that, (laughs) you know, then then that would um, allow us to make a lot of headway in our community. But what are some other barriers that we don't necessarily have control over as patients? Right. So, I mean, policy definitely is a barrier, Uh, you know, insurance and um, lack thereof, of course, can be a barrier Um, to that point. I would encourage if that is you, that you um, look into local um, grants or programs, most, not most hospitals, some hospitals have certain grants set up in place if you don't have um, the coverage that you that you need for a mammogram or even for diagnostic um, modalities to say you need a biopsy. So research, research those, those in your community. Unfortunately, I of course know what's available in my community, but um, but not all communities. So you've got to sort of do a little bit of that groundwork. But then when you do so, share that uh, information as yeah. far as other barriers are concerned, and I would actually say risk factors, this is a great sort of lead into understanding what some of the risk factors are and what we can be in control of. And those are um, what we call modifiable risk factors. We all, I know, and I'm speaking to the choir, if, you know, what we eat, it, it, we, are, we are busy women, you know, taking care of our families, 
Mm-hmm. But it is important that we um, eat healthy, lots of uh, green vegetables, um, fruits and vegetables, try to limit uh, fat. That can help um, sort of decrease one's, one's risk of breast cancer, but also other diseases that we, again, um, there's a disparity within our community. Exercise mm-hmm. regularly. I also throw in there meditation because stress is, you know, while it's not necessarily a risk risk factor, right? It's no, we don't have data to support that, but stress definitely leads us down a path of other issues. So yeah. meditation, yoga, uh, just, just try to be healthy overall. Also, of course, tobacco smoking or um, the smoking period increases one's risk of can- all cancers and other medical issues. So if you smoke, then consider getting some assistance to, um, you know, to, to not um, so that your health overall can be better. And then we found that alcohol, um, not, not minimal alcohol usage, but um, sort of moderate daily uh, alcohol can contribute as well. Um, so, so you want to be thoughtful about that. Those are things that you can control. Uh, and then there's also genetics. There's a genetic piece that I haven't spoken about that you're, you know, you can't control your genetics. Um, black and brown women are more likely to be diagnosed with a triple negative breast cancer, which portends a worse prognosis, which again is why it goes back to the fact that one of the strategies that I focused on is screening. If we can catch it early, it doesn't mean a death sentence. It means that we can treat it aggressively at an earlier stage, which actually improves outcomes. So those are, that's what I would say about sort of um, risk factors. Okay, great. That is very helpful. Yeah. And then I think there's one other thing I didn't mention, signs and symptoms. And I can talk a little bit about that if you want me to. Absolutely. Yes, please. So um, again, I encourage monthly breast exams. um, And that's because it's better to get to know your breast, right, than not. That way, if something pops up, you are aware and you can go and get it checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then other things. So when we say monthly breast exams, you got to understand what to look for. So any lumps or bumps, um, masses, as we say, if you feel any of that, that's a reason. If you know any changes in your skin, like a rash on your breast or your nipple, go get it checked out. Uh, nipple discharge. Nipple discharge, if you're not breastfeeding, um, you can have milky discharge that um, can be abnormal, bloody nipple discharge, brown, green. And this is discharge that happens on its own. So not if you're squeezing. If you're squeezing your breast, that's that um, your body naturally wants to make some form of discharge. But if it happens on its own, we call that spontaneous. That's a reason to um, go and get your, your breast uh, checked out. Okay. Very good information. And, and I don't think people really think about um, doing those breast self-exams in the way that you just discussed it, to, to get to know your body so that you do right. know when something is wrong. I mean, it's, it's common sense after you said it, it was like, well, duh. <laughs> no, I never thought about it that way, but that's exactly yeah. what, what should happen. It's to get to know your girls. I mean, get to know them. That way, if something happens, 
or changes, you are aware. And I want to take the fear out as well. You know, mm-hmm. I will tell you that I, I have patients who come in, they have, um, you know, they have something that they feel and it's a, a benign cyst. I don't want to downplay it either because sometimes it's something else. So don't automatically take your mind to, oh my gosh, this is something, but go get it checked out. Yeah, you know, right. don't go get it checked out. Don't let fear be the driver. Um, but just this, this empowers each of us. You know, right. I know what my breasts feel like. So if something changes, <clears throat> you know, I'm like, okay, let me go get it checked out. And I'm empowered in that way. Exactly. And so how about women that are um, more well endowed and it may be difficult to, I know from what I've heard, um, at mammograms, it is more difficult for doctors sometimes to be able to diagnose um, something as a lump because there's more tissue there. So So what I would say is, um, so for women who are more endowed, it's important to go to a facility that is that you trust because all mammograms, it, it should look at your entire breast. It doesn't matter if you have little breasts or big breasts. Mm-hmm. A mammogram, you know, you may have more views or images, but your breast should be looked at completely and in its entirety. Now, as far as doing a breast exam for um, bigger breasts, uh, if this were visual and I'm happy to come on your um, Facebook group or however you want me to do it to do sort of a visual of how to do the exam, but I'm going to describe it nonetheless, is that you want to put your hand underneath the bottom of your breast. And then, um, and this is just one strategy. And then your other hand on top of your breast, and you're going to mash your breast and go sort of uh, sequentially so that you're touching all tissue. You're going to do it lightly all the way across your breast. And then you're going to go deeper start back at the beginning and go deeper and sort of squish it like a pancake to see what you can, uh, what you can feel. So it's definitely doable. It's just knowing the technique um, that, you know, that makes it better. Okay. Very good to know. And as someone who's under 40 and has not had this uh, mammogram yet, (laughs) that is good information to know. Um, Very good info. And then I will say, just um, because we also hear that mammograms um, are painful, they can be painful. If you have painful breasts, they can be painful. So what I tell my patients um, is to, if you are able to take a Tylenol or Motrin or something like that before, certainly, you know, do so if your um, health allows you to. Yeah. Uh, and then make it, you know, make it a ceremony. Maybe do it with a girlfriend. Go get your mammograms together. Make it a spa day. Go get, you know, just go get it done. And then even with COVID, go, don't let COVID stop you from getting your mammogram. Um, research has, data has shown that, um, that perhaps because of COVID, there's going to be a widened gap in the disparities that we've already spoken about. So don't allow that to happen. Um, wear a mask, you know, take some hand sanitizer, practice, um, you know, distance. Most hospitals, of course, are going to follow the guidelines as well. So in my opinion, it's safe to do that as long as you, you follow those guidelines. Very good. And, and you bring about a really good point that we don't need to let this pandemic dictate 
whether or not we take care of ourselves. I mean, you know, we can, if we can mosey on into the salon as soon as they reopen and get our nails and feet done, then we can mosey on over to the hospital and, and, you know, take, fulfill that appointment. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, Elka, do you have anything else that you want to discuss with the good doctor? How, um, how can we, like me, for instance, my daughter's 10 Mm -hmm. and she has been wearing a bra since she was seven. Mm -hmm. Um, how can I introduce this to her or, or what would be the way for me to, because we have had conversations and she's heard me talk about, you know, the importance of, you know, while I'll be on the phone or something, she'll, and then she asks questions. What do you recommend as far as um, young also start checking their breast and loving and learning their breast? Um, most pediatricians um, can show the young ladies how to do their breast exams. I know that mine did when I was younger. So I was able to catch little cysts and things that, you know, were there. But absolutely yeah. have a conversation with your daughters now. It's so important so that it's not a negative, you know, it's not a negative. Right. But they too are empowered. And then I will say there are, um, well, not promoting any organization. When we go online, you know, stay away from Dr. Google go to some of the, some of the um, recommended sites, which are breastcancer.org. Susan G. Coleman has some great info, as well as the uh, American Cancer Society website, just cancer.org uh, for, for more information. Oh, I really appreciate that information. Thank you so much. Yes, me too. And thank you for bringing up the point too, sis, about um, talking to our daughters about that. That's really important. We both have little girls the same age. Um, They're best buddies. uh, (laughs) They call themselves sisters. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so, yeah, this is something I'll definitely be sharing with mine as well. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great, great, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being with us. Is there anything, um, any last remarks that you want to make? No, I thank you for inviting me to this platform. Um, Of course, if there are any questions, um, they can follow me. I usually do facts and talk about breast um, health on uh, Instagram at Dr. Vivian MD. And that's Dr. Vivian, B-I-V-I-A-N-M-D or Twitter, I am Dr. Vivian. Um, so follow me. And again, don't be afraid to empower yourselves to ask questions, to challenge the norm. We have to be here for our families. And this is uh, an important step to do so. Yes, Amen it is. To that. We're so glad you joined us today. Come back to the meeting of the Madres podcast to be encouraged, empowered and uplifted. Join us on Facebook at Meeting of the Madres and send your topic ideas to lasmadres1 at gmail.com.